If you're a fan of Broadway musicals, then in the past five years you've admired the footwork created by today's guest in shows from Jersey Boys to Next to Normal to Guys and Dolls. You'll see more in the upcoming Memphis and the Adams Family. He is certainly one of our most prolific choreographers. Welcome to the American Theatre Wing's Downstage Center. I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing, and our guest today is choreographer Sergio Trujillo. Welcome, Sergio. Thank you, Howard. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Thank you. Let's start with the current project. Uh, as we're taping this, you're still in rehearsals for Memphis. Memphis is a new musical set in a very specific place and time, the city of Memphis in 1953. It, it begins in 1949 and it expands oh. to late 50s. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's, so it's a scope. How do you go about deciding what the style of dance is or learning what the style of dance was to apply it to a show like this? You know, I've been really lucky and I've been really fortunate that um, I've been, I've had to choreograph shows that have taken place somewhere in between the 50s and the 60s. Uh, back in 2001, I collaborated with Bob Gaudio on a show called Peggy Sue Got Married in the West End. So when I got that show, I did extensive research. I watched hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of videotape of TV shows from the 50s and anything I can get my hands on. So I still have all of that footage and I looked at pictures. Um, so I have the resource of, 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 of information and vocabulary. Um, also, I choreographed Jersey Boys, which was set in the 50s and 60s and, and you know, and to, to the present uh, to the present. So, you know, I had that information as well, and then I did All Shook Up, which so that one was also set in the 50s. So I have the information, I have the period. So what I did was I took all of that information and I and I made it my own. It, w within each show, I've I've figured out a way of of stylizing in a way that the movement feels feels. Um, I'm paying homage. To, homage to the to the period, but I'm not exactly doing what was done back then. Is that, does that make sense? Well, it, it certainly makes sense. And as you say, there's actually a number of shows on your resume that are roughly in this period, though it was also a period where music was changing. And certainly that's part of what Memphis is about, is, is the change. This DJ who's dealing, who's championing um, music by African-American performers at a time when they were not played on what was then white radio. Um, so what I'm curious about is you talk about the vocabulary. Is the vocabulary of this show different than those other shows? I know you said you make it your own, but at, it's a time where dances, particular types of dances, came and went very quickly. And how much of that plays into this? Well, you know, it's actually, I think out of all the shows that I've done in the 50s, I feel like this is the one that I'm most comfortable in. Because, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a funky element to it. There's a very, a very, very, um, uh, you know, I, I work with a choreographer named Michael Peters who choreographed Dreamgirls and who choreographed for Michael Jackson. And that's the person who found me in Canada and told me to move here to America. So I learned a lot of, of great great footwork from him i learned soul you know which our, our show is about about the, the music of my soul and there's that there's something about about this particular show this particular music that 
really calls upon like what's really within me and i i, I it just there's just something I, I it's like a je ne sais quoi you know i'm not i can't really explain it but it just i feel like at my freest like mm. like like the vocabulary just spews out of me and i think it's because i'm in touch with the culture i'm in touch with with that part of me that uh that just that feels comfortable in in this in this particular world mm-hmm. The show has played a couple of regional engagements. It played La Jolla and was it also up in Seattle? Yes, Fifth Avenue, yes. I've never asked a choreographer this. You know, we know when playwrights are writing a play or even, um, you know, people are writing songs for musicals, pieces come, pieces go. Have you altered the choreography along the way? Are there things that have been discovered about what works and what doesn't? And do the steps change? Well, you know, you begin you, – you start with a plan and, and, and a story and, and you write the steps and you write the choreography and, you know, it evolves with, with the dancers. It evolves with, with, the, uh, with the specific um, theater and, and also as the story evolves, so does the choreography. Also, you know, from La Jolla to Seattle to New York, you know, I've inherited a group of dancers – and I've also hired a brand new group of dancers, so the stakes of the choreography are higher in New York. Um, you know, I had to compromise a little bit of of my vision and the quality of of my choreography as we were going along, only because that's that's the nature of of the economics of producing a show. You have to hire a certain amount of locals in mm-hmm. La Jolla, a certain amount of locals in Seattle. You know, when I came to New York, you know, both Chris and the producers knew that. That you know, I was going to search out for the best dancers I could possibly get my hands on, and I feel like I've achieved that in our show. Hmm. So, as the caliber of the performers have improved, you've been able to do more. I've actually, yeah, I, you know, I, I just I'm, I'm I'm so thrilled that I could actually get a group. It's like getting a, a elite athletes in a room and and being able to not only push them but also push myself creatively. To just you know, just push the boundaries of what I can do and what they can do. So in a room, we just have this 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 great great uh, relationship of of, of perfection. <laughs> As a former dancer, presumably still a dancer um, yourself, and we'll talk more about that. When you're working with the company, how much are you on your feet showing them? Do you you know? I- I'm just curious about the process. Do you have to show? Everyone, the steps. Is it working with assistants, and you teach them, and then they teach the company? What, how hands-on does is it, and how much of it is you think the it way, out and the, notated? Yeah, the way that I work when before I get into a room, I always have a plan. So I go into a room with my dance arranger and my assistant or my associate, and I come up with 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 a with a story. I come up with a vocabulary. I come in with a blueprint and a dance arrangement before I walk into the room. And I come in with that plan, knowing that when I get into the room with the dancers, it's going to change. So I am on my feet showing them the choreography. You know, I'm not, I'm not as, uh, as young as I was, you know. <laughs> uh, it's radio. Right you can be as young as you like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I can't leap as high as I used to. But, you know, they get the essence of it. And, and now and then I'll, you know, my assistant will do it. Or, or I'll just, you know, a jump in second is a jump in second. So they, the dancers understand that vocabulary. But I'm very much on my feet. 
be, uh, I was on my feet in La Jolla to some degree in, 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 at, at Fifth Avenue. But now that I'm on Broadway, you know, I have the, the choreography pretty much created already. So, you know, I'm less on my feet than I was when I did it uh, the last two versions. But, I, I, but I, we have a lot of new material. I feel like I'm asking questions that I would normally ask, you know, to playwrights or composers, but but I've never had a chance to ask this. How much is it that you decide what you want the dancers to do and find out what they can do? And is there any or is there any opportunity for the dancers to say to you, how about if I do this? I'm able to do that. Is that something you want to use? Is it a dialogue or is it a one-way street? You know, I, I, I keep on telling them as a matter of fact today in rehearsal, you know, I said I am not choreographing by committee here. <laughs> so I don't I, – it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not a democracy. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a collaboration, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I feel like I, I prepare myself, and I'm and I'm and I'm a, 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 a choreographer who researches the material and who's very, uh, I I'm very well informed about the period and the style and and the vocabulary. So, you know, there are things that I feel that I want to have a collaboration with the dancers. You know, there are places where I feel like that's welcomed. Um, so, you know, I. I I'm, 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 I, can, I allow them to play, but, you know, I, I feel like I need to have reined them in. You know, there's a certain amount of, of control and, and, and the creativity and in my vision that I have to have because I, I just don't agree. It's a, different, it's a different process if I choreograph the other way by allowing them to have say in everything. So as you looked for the dancers specifically, even though the dancers are part of a full cast – what what's the dialogue, let's say, for Memphis that goes on between you, the director, Chris Ashley, and presumably uh, a number of people possibly on the musical team in terms of what people are looking for for voice, what people are looking for for acting, and what you need for people to be able to do steps? How does that come together? You know – that being said about the collaboration and now allowing us a limited amount of collaboration with the with the dancers, I think what's what's been most important about this particular show is to hire dancers that have a, a specific or that have that it quality, you know, that other thing, you know, that they can sing and dance and act, but then there there's that other special quality that they have because, you know, it was very important for Chris and for Joe and, and David and I to create a, a community. And we you know, should identify Joe DiPietro, Joe, who yes, did, Joe DiPietro. the uh, book and the lyrics and David Bryan, who composed the score. And Chris Ashley, who's directing the show. Right. But I, I think because we're talking about Memphis, we're talking about a city, you know, that it was important to define the community and to, to define the, the, the characters so that – for instance, you go to Delray's, which is the the, uh, the, the place where, where Huey first walks in and hears, you know, um, uh, the, the music. And so it was very important for us to create the environment, to create the world. And that can only be done by dancers and actors and singers who can actually create characters that are believable. And so, you know, in that respect, there is collaboration where I allow the dancers to give their own little quality or their special little style to the movement. Hmm. Well, let's jump back. Um, you uh, were born in Columbia. 
moved to Toronto when you were how old? Twelve years old. So was there already a dan- any dance in your life before you left Columbia, or when when did that come into play? You know, it's it's <laughs> that you know I have a great family. I have a great family unit, and and dance and music has existed in in my life as long as I can remember. Growing up in Colombia, you know, when you walk the streets of Colombia, there was music, you know, there was always music. There was always dance. So I can't remember if there was, there was always been dance. It was about, and it was social dance. It was salsa and mambo and cumbia, but it was never anything. There was never any training uh, as I was growing up. There was also, I wasn't even, I, I loved to dance, but, you know, I wasn't really... I didn't really discover dance till much, much later hmm. in, in a sort of formal way, in a, in, a, in a way that it was like ballet and jazz. It wasn't until I was 19 years old. Hmm. Which seems to, to some maybe a little late to discover it. What what was the discovery? Was it just the decision to start training or was what, what prompted I, that? Yeah, I saw a show at a, at a theme park in Canada. At a called, theme park? <laughs> yeah. Called, oh, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually called Canada's Wonderland. Um, and uh, they did a show called The Best of Broadway. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a tribute to all these Broadway shows. Um, and I saw that show and I said, my God, that's exactly what I want to do. Hmm. And so I enrolled myself in, in dance classes um, the following – I saw it in the summertime, so it was in September. So you hadn't been seeing touring musicals in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You hadn't been in shows in school. Mm-hmm. It was literally the light bulb went off yeah, at the yeah. best of Broadway. Yeah, it did. Hmm. It did. Because so many dancers, of course, you hear people start training when they're – you know. Seven, eight, nine years old. We have Billy Elliot that shows, you know, a boy at least getting into it when he's perhaps twelve. You know, I I I think a lot of it was a natural talent mm-hmm. because I, well, there's it's a variety. You know, there's a, a, a I started late, so when I fell in love with dance, I became so impassioned by it, so incredibly obsessed with it, and. I felt like I always had to catch up. So I worked harder at it because I saw these kids who were better than me around me, who, you know, and I thought, oh, my God, I need to be better and better and better. So I, be- I was obsessed with it all, with the art. And did this happen? Were you already at university? I was just about to start my first year of university at, uh, at University of Toronto, and I was not going to study dance because they, they don't have a real art program at the University of Toronto. I was going to study sciences. I, well, I saw that you actually did study chemistry. Biochemistry, yeah. Biochemistry yep. and then a chiropractor degree? I did. I went to chiropractic school um, for for almost two years. I left halfway through my second year because that's when I met Michael Peters in Toronto. He came to audition dancers for a, a show called The Hot Shoe Show in Toronto. And uh, – and, you know, he hired me and he took a real liking to me and he really, really pushed me and he really um, made me see that I had some sort of special talent. Well, before we push on, you said you started taking classes. Were these classes at the university or were they elsewhere at dance studios? They and were elsewhere, like that? yeah. University of Toronto didn't have a real art program. Uh, it was it was, right. it was mostly a, a, an academic university. Uh-huh. So, you know, I did. I went. I found it. I found a studio. I found places where I could study and I would take – at the beginning, it was every Saturday and then it, it was three times a week. So this audition then for Michael Peters, was this – were you already going on lots of auditions or was this, you know, 
a new show and you said, I'm going to give this a shot. I had gone on a couple of auditions. But, I wasn't, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as savvy. You know, auditioning is, a, is an art form. <laughs> huh. So I had learned my, my, uh, my, you know, sort of I learned my lessons while I had done the other auditions. And then when it came time for to audition for Michael Peters, you know, it was that one moment. He just, he just thought I had something special. Uh-huh. So what was the experience of then getting into the rigor of a professional choreographer, a full professional production? Um, did, you, did you have to unlearn anything or was, had your training brought you right to where you needed to be? You know, I started, I started learning jazz. Then I found out that in order for me to be a very good dancer, I've, uh, I had to study ballet. So as much as I didn't like it, I forced myself to study ballet. Hmm. And I would come to New York in the summer times, during the summertime, and take classes at Steps and Broadway Dance Center and from Maggie Black and David Howard. So, but, you know, because I started late, I would study so, I mean, I was, I was, it was just like, you're just always catching up. So, hmm. you know, in the back of my head, I always had to catch up. So, you know, I probably took it more seriously than someone who started a lot earlier. So, you know, my learning curve was uh, was expedited. So what did you get to do in this first show that you were cast in? Was it was it just part of the chorus? Do you have any featured bits? I did. Well, he actually just hired a group uh, of uh, six dancers mm-hmm. and uh, three guys and three girls. And there was, you know, I had a couple of crosses and solos. It was the finale of a of a of a, of a of a variety dance show, uh-huh. and they and they brought in different companies from all over Canada, from National Ballet of Canada, Royal Winnipeg Ballet, Le Grand Ballet du Canadien. Uh, the I think I can't remember what the other companies were, but it was a, it was a variety dance show. It's a nice company to be in. Yeah, my God, of course. So then, what's the next step? Do you you said you'd been going back and forth to New York to take classes? Um, did you stay in Toronto for a while and look for work there, or when when did you decide you really needed to cross the border? Well, that was that was in my uh, that was in my second that was in my first year of chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. Then. Michael Peters said to me, he said, you know, you really should, should really pay attention to, you know, this talent that you have and, you know, and, and don't let it go to waste. And I really thought about it for about a year. And, and I was going into my second year of chiropractic school and I was in my first semester and I was – and I felt like, like there was something missing. Hmm. So I thought about it and I talked to my dean and I said I'd like to take the rest of the year off and take a sabbatical. And so when I took the sabbatical – I went to Los Angeles to study dance there because I wanted to dance with Debbie Allen. Michael Peters was there. And it was while I was in L.A. that uh, I auditioned for the Los Angeles company of Jerome Robbins Broadway. Hmm. And while I, w- I auditioned for the company, um, and they took a liking to me. They, they kept me all the way to the end. And I got the company, but the company didn't didn't happen because they decided to postpone it to the following year. Hmm. But I was lucky enough that during that time, somebody had left the Broadway company like four months after it opened. It was mm-hmm. around May, May, June. Um, and they asked me if I would come in and replace this particular person in the company. And I saw my first Broadway show was Jerome Robbins Broadway. And your first Broadway show you got by moving to Los Angeles, which is... I know. <laughs> well, I'd already been to New York on my summer times, but I decided to go. I know, it's not just, just fate. I, I had to be there. Um, you were, as you said, you joined the company into the run. Uh, did you have any opportunity to work with Mr. Robbins? I didn't. He did talk to me once, though, the first time. Uh, he came to visit. I, I got in my 
I started rehearsals in July, and he came in uh, in August at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. He didn't really. I didn't have a one-on-one with Jerome Robbins, unfortunately. I didn't get the experience of the of the original company of rehearsing for six months and and going through the through the through the madness of 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 uh, Jerome Robbins' rehearsal process. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying in some ways it may have been okay. I think so. I think I think it would have been, it would have been a frightening experience for me coming you know at it from from such a su- such a naive point of view because I hasn't I hadn't experienced as much as a lot of the other people in the cast. Hmm. So, how long did you do that show for? I did it for a year, mm-hmm. and then um, I went to um, to Los Angeles, back to Los Angeles, and I did a lot of television and film there. I worked with some great choreographers there and some great pop stars with Michael Jackson and Paul Abdul, hmm. and then I got hired to do Guys and Dolls on Broadway by Chris Chadman. The 1992 production. Yes. yes. Um, again, you came in as a replacement. I did. Uh, yeah, um, I love that you know everything. That's but, fantastic. But – um, again, the question now. Chris Chadman's choreography was was marvelous for that, and of course, you you knew it well. And we'll we'll talk about it yeah. coming full circle with yeah. the next revival. But um, in that case, did you have the opportunity to work um, with Chris? I did. Yeah, I did. I used to take Chris Chadman's jazz class while I was in in New York. While I was doing Joe uh, Ramos Broadway, I used to take his class, so I knew him. And then um, I spent the summertime. While I was in L.A., I came during the summertime to study dance in New York, and uh, I took Chris's class, and he's the one that said, you know, you should come and audition for Guys and Dolls because we're doing a tour. Hmm. I said, absolutely. So he hired me, and I loved him. I, I really did. I really loved him. Yeah, we lost him too soon. He, I know. He was a I great know. choreographer. Yeah. Um, you continued on working as a dancer, uh, Promises, Promises. Uh, I did with Ron Marshall at, at Encores. At Encores. Um when in this process, when in this career, did you start to say, I don't want to dance other people's steps. I want to make my own. You know, being a choreographer has always been part of, of what I thought I would do. You know, I mean, I, I, even as a kid, when I was when I was in Colombia, I would I would like, you know, choreograph like the circus or, or some crazy shows like that in our in our little neighborhood in Colombia or. When I was in in Canada, you know, I would gather a group of friends and, and choreograph things, but I didn't know anything about choreography. I didn't know anything about dance, so I felt that there was a natural talent that I had once again. So while I was working as a dancer, I would take time to assist people like Jerry Mitchell, Debbie Allen, Rob Marshall, Vince Patterson. You know, knowing that at some point in time I was going to be a choreographer for me, it was a matter of making the decision. I feel like in life you have to commit to one thing. It's hard to do two things at once. So it was part of my process and my journey to get dance out of out of my system, you know, do great shows, mm-hmm. you know, work with great people and then move on to the next phase of my of my life which was going to be choreography. Mm-hmm. But clearly you don't go to choreography school. You you learn it I guess by watching other choreographers. I, and I did. So, so in those in that period when you were assisting, are there particular things you saw in what you know? You mentioned Debbie Allen, Jerry Mitchell. Were there particular things that either they taught you or that you saw them doing that that you absorbed? 
I think, I mean, I, I, I've learned a great deal from, I mean, even when I worked with Ron Marshall, you know, um, Robbie's really smart. Um, he has wonderful concepts. He also has a great deal of, of um, preparation. Mm-hmm. He, uh, there, is, uh, there is a lot of uh, attention to detail. Jerry uh, is a concept man. He's uh, he's a razzmatazz man. He's he's funny as can be. Debbie's uh, Debbie Allen is is uh, free spirited and and you know there is a, a sense of soul in her. Even Michael Peters, you know, the, Michael Peters was the steps and the sharpness. So you know, I've, and even working in in a, in a in a Jerome Robbins show or in a Fosse show, you know, the precision, the movement, the style. You know, you take all of these influences and all these ingredients, and you sort of digest, and you know, you become your own your own choreographer, your own artist, your own creator. So, who gave you your first shot at being the choreographer? I think, I think Jerry did. Jerry Mitchell did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he really believed that I had a choreographer's mind. Mm-hmm. So when he was one of the first people that asked me to assist okay. them, so um, I think I think it was Jerry. Jerry, who we did also. I worked with Jerry Mitchell on Broadway Bears when he was first creating it. So I would assist him on there, and you know, he would let me do certain numbers. So you know, there was a certain amount of trust. What was your first full show as a choreographer? My first show as a choreographer was West Side Story at the Stratford Festival in Canada Hmm. back in 1998. Now, we all know that for the most part, really, when West Side Story is done, you are doing the Jerome Robbins choreography. You're recreating um, what was done. Was that the case there that you were you were working from what existed before or did you have latitude to to explore a little more? I think there was a I was able to explore. You know, there I knew that I knew the prologue. I knew I knew dances of, of the Jerome Robbins choreography for, for West Side Story. I knew the prologue, I knew the dance of the gym, I knew cool and I knew the ballet. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know Jet Song. I didn't know America. I knew that I didn't know America. Um, I didn't know. Had I you ever been in it? Well, I did. I did. But I knew you did Jerome Robbins Broadway. So those were parts. But okay. I didn't. I never did the show, so I didn't. Pers- I didn't know exactly what it was. I, right. And also, I I learned it from Jerry Mitchell, who was the associate on Jerome Robbins Broadway. Right. So I knew elements of it, but I didn't know it all. So there was a there was a certain amount of of freedom to explore and to discover. Also, you know, you. I think I think you have to remember that you know the vocabulary, the choreography works within a specific and a specific set. You know, so I adjusted it to fit the concept that we had for that West Side Story back in '98. Mm-hmm. Was there what was the concept? Well, it was. Uh, it wasn't. It was. It was based on on it being really urban. Um, which is, you know, the original, of course, is is, is very urban. Um, it was also, I felt like it was a lot grittier than than the production that was that was I, I that was done um, originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there was also a, a certain amount of, of of freedom and abandonment. To the to the kids, to especially the Jets. Hmm. Uh, 
also I felt as though, you know, like things like America, I wanted to do the uh, the movie version because I wanted to f- to to give in a little bit of a of a, of a uh, shine a different light on Bernardo, who you never get to see the the light side of him. You know, he in in the original version he does America in the in the stage version he doesn't do America. He walks away. I feel like by us giving in by by this by by discovering a little bit about the relationship with him and and Anita in America would allow us to feel for him. When he when he dies in the rumble, I think it just gives him a little more significance. Hmm. Interesting. So, after working on adjusting a template which existed, um, what was what was the next gig, and what where were you truly working from scratch? So, I did I did um, West Side Story Restaurant Festival while I was doing Fosse right. in New York. I took time off during Fosse during the. The spring break. I took two uh, two months off to come go to Canada. Then, right after I finished that, I did Kiss of a Spider Woman hmm. at North Shore Music Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after Fosse, uh, the day after I finished Fosse, which is July some July twenty sixth or something, I went and choreographed uh, Kiss of a Spider Woman, which had also been in. So I knew I had the information. Now I created my entire. You know, it was all my choreography, but you know, a lot of that was influenced by an existing concept. The show that really, really became my own show was a show called Swing Step that I was asked to do in Toronto. And it was a, a, a show that combined swing dance and step. And step is a, is a, is a form of an Irish jig, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is done on, in the west coast of Canada. Hmm. And that is a show that really uh, gave me an opportunity of just creating a vocabulary and choreography that was, you know, unique to what I could do. And that was in September, October of uh, 1999, 10 years ago. Hmm. You mentioned earlier that if that was 99, you mentioned that you worked in the West End on a musical with Bob Gaudio, Peggy Sue Got Married. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 2001. What brought you to London? How did that job come about? After I finished Westside in Stratford and did a bunch of shows in Toronto, uh, I did The Sound of Music in Canada once again at the Stratford Festival. And Kelly Robinson, who was the director on both Westside and Sound of Music, asked me to do Peggy Sue Got Married, um, which the Mervishes were producing. And that's how I, that's how I met Bob Gaudio. Hmm. And I didn't even know back then that he was working on Jersey Boys. What was the experience of working with a British company? Because, um, or was it? I should. Yeah, I'm assuming it was a British company that it wasn't Americans that had been brought over there to uh, to be the performers. Am I correct? Yeah, no, yeah. it was it was a 100 percent American. I mean, sorry, a, a British British. Because cast. I've I've certainly heard in terms of musicals that the pool of talent that do musicals, at least. Once Upon a Time in England isn't as broad as it is over here. So were you able to find, as we already talked about, were you able to find the people you wanted to realize the the dances you wanted to create? You know, if, when I look back at that time, I actually got – I was very lucky because I was able to hire very, very good dancers. And as a matter of fact, one of my dancer girls in that show – is actually starring as Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins here in New York City. Huh. And, you know, so – and another one of my, my dancers is uh, Tim Howard who was in Rent here in New York 
and he's actually um, the lead singer in a huge rock band in Europe. Ruthie Henshaw was in it. Well, of course, she had a name already. But, you know, so I managed to somehow be lucky enough to get my hands on incredibly talented, talented British actors. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So let's let's make the jump to your Broadway debut. Um, All Shook Up came before Jersey Boys. They were both in the same season. But both, I think, tried out in places. How suddenly in one season you're, you're choreographing two shows? Actually, in one year, I should say. In, in one year because All Shook Up was the season before Jersey mm-hmm. Boys. Um, All Shook Up came as a, a – let me. The way Ultra Cup happened was um, Ultra Cup was ha- was 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 in trouble choreographically in Chicago. Um, Beth Williams, who was worked for Clear Channel, was a huge fan of mine. She's seen a workshop of Mambo Kings the summer before, uh, and so when they were having trouble in Chicago, she asked if I would come in and and look at some of the choreography that was in the show and how I could help. And I said, absolutely, I would love to. I met with Chris, Ashley, and um, we got on really well right away. Like, we hit it off immediately. And uh, we talked about the numbers, and I was working with uh, with Ken Robinson on, on just, you know, it's the storytelling structure. And then, you know, that's how I, that's how I got to do Ultra Cop on Broadway. And uh, I met with with Des Makinoff right after I opened All Shook Up hmm. uh, on Jersey Boys, and you know he he hired me to choreograph. What's the conversation with the director? Now you'd not danced for Des; you hadn't been in any musicals that he'd done where you were a dancer in them. So you're meeting him, as you say. What's the conversation that you have with a director who's thinking about you uh, to to choreograph a show for them? You know, it's it's a uh, it's interesting. You know, it's all different with every director. I mean, with Chris, the the opportunity f- to working with Chris came out of meeting with him about a specific project, about how I can help, about how I could aid, how I could improve the show. So I had a, a so we had a specific uh, conversation, and of course, and, and the result was the collaboration of All Shook Up. With with Des, you know, it was a matter of how I saw, how we saw things, how we saw things creatively, how we saw things, how we saw things storytelling wise, you know, how he wanted to move the show. The thing about working at Stratford Festival is is that the actors move all, all the furniture, and so I'd learned a great skill. Was that I didn't know, you know, I, I hadn't done any shows with automation, so Des took a really liking to that because Des was thinking that. With Jersey Boys, he wanted all the he wanted it to have a kinetic, muscular, very masculine feeling, you know. So he wanted all the actors to move the set and to move the pieces. So because we discussed that, you know, there was that common denominator. Also, you know, he he loved he loves the Stratford Festival. So we had that in common. He had a, he has great respect for anyone who's worked there. So you know, he felt like. Wow, this is somebody that you know I share a lot of co- in common with, and we possibly see things very similarly. You mentioned when we were talking about Memphis that you, because of some of the shows you you were doing, that you'd gone and watched tapes and you'd seen you know 
videos and pictures of, of dance uh, in that period. Did you specifically go and look at was, – was there in fact footage that you could look at to say what was a Jersey Boys performance like when they first broke through? I did. It was – it took me a long time to find good footage of them and you know, they didn't dance. They just stood there and sang and played their instruments. So if I would have replicated what they did, it would have been a very, very boring show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I read a quote where you said that, that, that the dancing is actually fiction in Jersey Boys. They did, you know, you you had to make it up. It, it is. It is. You know, I, I sort of put myself in a position, if I were, if I were the choreographer of a, of a hut, 50s group back then you know what would i do and so that's what that's what I, that's what the, the the choreography became uh-huh you know i i you know i i thought okay well how would i do the twist you know how could i give the twist uh, a sort of sort of a sense of of sensuality and how can i make it look hip and cool and and more important how can i make it look as though it's happening spontaneously on stage so you know i put myself in that position but because everything is choreographed to a T in the show. It looks like it's happening right in front of your eyes, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Now, with the enormous success of Jersey Boys now, you know, becoming worldwide, um, what is the experience of multiple companies replacing people? You yourself had replaced people in shows. How active are you with each new company that goes out or how much of this is being replicated by by assistance on your behalf des you know i i took i took my lead from des you know he's been at it for a long time he's had successful shows and so we made we made a deal in that we were going to be very very hands-on um in 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 the rehearsal process of all the new companies um, so, you know, right after I finished Jersey Boys, I didn't do very much for the first two years uh, as far as on um, Broadway because we wanted to invest in those first few companies. You know, we did. We were there for the first touring company, for the first Chicago company, for the first Vegas company, for the London company, and for the Toronto company. Hmm. The one that became challenging was the Australian company, and it's only because of the distance. But, you know, even auditions we still go to and we're very much hands-on. You know, whenever I can, I'm, I'm at the Broadway show. I just came back from Boston. I'll, go, I'll see Chicago when I'm there. I'm from Toronto, so I occasionally drop in to see the Toronto company. You know, it is it is our pride and joy, and, and you know, you have to uh, nourish the, the 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 gift that you've been given. So it you know, I know that this doesn't happen very often a show like Jersey Boys. So it's it's been it's 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 important for me to make sure that. Each company stays at its at its best. And, you know, I sort of jumped past a question I wanted to ask you about creating these dances for Jersey Boys, which is um, what was it like to do that work with Bob Gaudio and Frankie Valley around to look over your shoulder and say, well, you, you know, either we didn't do that or we wouldn't have done that or what, what was their role? You know, I was – Fortunate enough to have worked with Bob right. and Peggy Sue got married and we got along really well. We had a great collaboration. So there was a great deal of trust that he had in my ability and in my talent. So when it came time to choreograph Jersey Boys, you know, he never questioned any, anything. He was always – he's always been incredibly complimentary to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about Jersey Boys is that there is a certain amount of class within the choreography. 
not to toot my own horn, but you know, because I, I made sure that the choreography, you know, the, it's not like like you think, wow, you know, the choreography in Jersey Boys is the is is a huge component. You know, it's very 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 carefully integrated into the story because we we wanted to make sure that the characters the moment the, the moment that the choreography was com- happen is happening is happening spontaneously that is happening as though it's breathing and coming out of that character as if they were singing a song so he trusted that you know i was always servicing the choreography the, the the story and the characters so there was a certain amount of justice that i did and i gave to the, to to his character to frankie to uh, nick and to tommy I want to ask you about a show that, unfortunately, a lot of us didn't get to see, which is Mambo Kings, which was a big Broadway musical that was roaring down the pike, and it played a tryout in in San Francisco, uh, and ultimately the production did not move beyond there. Can you tell us about your work in that show? Because we didn't get to see it. Um, is there anything you can yeah. say about about the style that you employed there? Thank, thank you for for asking me about the show because I, it's, it, it holds a special place in my heart. It was the show that actually gave me the opportunity of have visibility within the community here in New York, even though people didn't see it. What they saw was the workshop the summer before we went into production, and people really responded to my work. And you know that's one of the reasons why I did all shook up. You know, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people took uh, a liking to me and that's why people responded to my talent was because of the work that I did in that workshop. And a lot of people came to uh, to San Francisco to see the show. You know, as I was coming here today, I thought, not that you were going to ask me, but I thought, you know, it's really interesting because in the same way that I felt about Mambo Kings, I feel about Memphis in my work. There is something about the work, the vocabulary, the passion that's in my work within in these two shows that I can't explain, where I feel very much at home. Mm. The same, you know, and that's the thing about Mambo Kings was that it was very much, uh, very much part of who I am, of who my family was. So I didn't have to reach very far. What do you mean? Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, there's a sense of of familiarity. There's this, you know. I think I think one of the one of the to me as a choreographer, one of the hardest things to do is to find the language in which to tell the story. And at times it's challenging. At times you are constantly in search of it. And there, there are times where it's like when you sit in front of a of a blank page, you know. When, for some reason, Mambo Kings felt really, really familiar. It felt, it felt uh, easy. Not an easy as an easy effort. It just felt like it just flowed out of me. Mm-hmm. It, I feel very much in the same. I feel very much the same way about Memphis. Mm-hmm. That there was something about the, the 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 material, something about the music. And and the spirit of what we're trying to say that feels like it's just it's just flowing out of me. When you are approached about doing a show, and presumably there are shows you've been approached about that you've chosen not to do, what what's deciding factor for you? I mean, I assume there are many, but but how much is it? I like this music. Um, you know, it's 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 a so it's a it's a good question. 
you know the 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 creative team is really important to me. You know, uh, Chris and Joe and I talked about doing Memphis after we finished All Shook Up because we had such a great time working together. So the minute that, you know, that they asked me to do Memphis, which was a, a few years back, I said, absolutely, I want to work with you guys. I didn't hmm. even know much about the show. Hmm. And I knew that, you know, they were still working on it and developing it. But just the thought, you know, because it's about experiences, about spending, you know, two years of your life with all these different creative teams. So I respond to the creative team. I respond, of course, to the music and the material. You know, it, choreography is about responding to this to to the to the beat, to the sound, to the heartbeat of the story, which I which I equate to the as as the music. Um, so, you know, I take that into consideration, the music, and uh, of course, you know, at the bottom of it all is the story that we're trying to tell and, and how it can resonate and how it can make a difference and and how I can I can aid in, in making a difference in our in our theater culture, in our community. Hmm. I'm going to jump past a few shows. I'm going to mention them quickly. Tree Grows in Brooklyn at Encores, The Wiz out at La Jolla, uh, The Workshop of Zhivago also at La Jolla, several Des Mackinac shows, but we're coming back to Des pretty quickly, Saved at Playwrights Horizons. What I'm very curious about is Next to Normal, which is a five-actor, not-big-dance show. What was the decision for you um, and what appealed to you about that show, which clearly was was not a big, broad Broadway musical? In fact, it started off-Broadway when you were first involved. I wanted to work with Michael Greif and I wanted to work with Brian Yorkie. Brian Yorkie and I had worked together out in uh, Seattle uh, at the Village Theater in a in a show called The Wedding Banquet, and I thought I think Brian is incredibly talented and gifted writer, and I I really liked him. And Michael Greif and I had worked together on uh, Romeo and Juliet at, at the Park, and when he asked me to work on it, I thought you know there's something about Michael's sensibility that I that I really respond to. And um, and I felt that this was a really interesting piece to work on. You know, how could I find uh, a way of moving the show in a way that was um, interesting and innovative and unique? And I responded to the material because I, I think uh, Tom Kidd had written a, a phenomenal score. So here's, you know, here's one of those things. That, like you asked me, you know, what do I respond to? The creative team, to the music, and to the material. Your credit on it is musical staging, yep. not choreography. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, what that then in what's the difference in the credit and what what is your involvement in the sense of you're not creating dances, but it's it's about it's still about the music. What musical staging is always the hardest, I think, because you know, you have to make sure that that the movement is coming from a real place because the minute that we did a, we did a, a couple of numbers in the second stage version that seemed out of place. Mm-hmm. And that's because they had choreography. Because the audience didn't buy it. You know, these characters that are going through these these pivotal moments in their life or, or pivotal moments and all of a sudden they break out into dance and it's just the dance just seems inappropriate or out of place. So it's about the thing about musical staging is is that and what makes it different from from choreographies is that you know, you're not creating dance per se. You're creating movement that pertains to the character that supports their emotion for that at that particular moment. Hmm. 
Guys and Dolls was next up um, or sort of within the same time that you're doing Next Normal. Um, obviously, a classic show, a score certainly most people are familiar with. You had been in the famous 1992 production. How do you attack a show that's so well-known and that indeed you know, you'd been part of an acclaimed version of it? How, um, part of it, I guess, would be the decision in, on this show to reset the time in which the show took place. And how did that come into play? Well, we've, I found out about Guys and Dolls like really late. You know, I was, it was, I remember I was in Vegas with Des. We were doing the, the Vegas company of, of Jersey Boys. And he said, you know, I've been approached about doing Guys and Dolls. And that's one of the shows that Des and I first, that we talked about we wanted to do back in 2005 or 2004. He said, you know, uh, if, if, we, if you wanted to do a show, what would you want to do? And I said, well, Guys and Dolls. And he said, me too. I would love to do that. So, you know, when they approached him, he said, of course. And then he asked me to do it. Anyway, I was doing Memphis last summer at La Jolla Playhouse, and so um, I felt like I needed to go back and read the stories. So I immersed myself in, in his work, Damon Runnings' work, his stories, his vocabulary, and you know, Des and I talked about it, and we thought, well, let's set it in the time and period that the stories were written in. And you know, out of that, I was informed about dance. You know, it 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 just is is you know big band was 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 evident back then so the first thing that i did was you know my favorite song uh, uh, of all time is sing 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 so i would listen to it and i would envision you know the movement and uh that's how i got myself out of the 1992 production mm-hmm. it's it's you know i i went right to the music which is interesting because i went to the to the main beat of it but it's interesting that you went not to music from the show but music from the period. I did, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was, because, you know, as I said to you, choreography, you have to respond to this, to the music. You have to respond to the heartbeat of it. And I felt like, you know, music, I mean, the show was written in late 40s and 50s. So, you know, I had to inform myself of, of, of the period, which was important. It would tell me how to move. Hmm. It would tell me, you know, like for me, the hot box girls, these guys, these gangsters, they hung out at, you know, sleazy joints where girls would show a little bit. You know, they, they weren't cute. They were, you know, they'd sit on your lap and they would dance, you know. So I felt like it needed to be a little dirty. Hmm. And I'm certainly um, Frank Lesser's work is very much uh, watched over by his widow, Joe Lesser. And I'm, I'm wondering if you had any conversations with her about this different approach because certainly she's seen a few production of Guys and Dolls over the years. You know what? She was so incredibly amazing to me. She was unbelievable. She said to me, she said, you know, a couple of times she said, that's the best crapshoot dance I had ever seen. Hmm. And I danced, you know, Chris's. So, you know, and then she would say, Havana's just unbelievable. And you've done such an amazing job. And so, you know, the vocabulary, she was always, always really supportive. And yes, of course, you know, and to me, you know, I mean, she's seen every single production that's ever been done. So it was uh, it was uh, a compliment of its highest form. Hmm. I have to cram in a few more things in the time left to us. Um, you have worked on Disney's Tarzan in Europe. Yeah. A, com- a complete rethinking of what it was over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, – 
for those of us who saw it here and everybody on cords and all of that, was it? Did it still? Does it still have the look that it had, or was it a complete reconception of the show? It has ideas and the and themes from the the version that was done here in in, in New York, but you know, it's been reimagined. Um, Tom Schumacher approached me about coming in as a choreographer, and I met with with Bob Crowley and and Tom, and you know, I told him what I how I thought how I saw this show moving, and. Uh, they really responded to to my ideas, and so and and Yop Van Enden brought me in as well, and I went to Holland, and it's and it became a huge hit. And I think you know, I think one of the things that was missing in the show was that a lot of responsibility was given to the choreographer to tell the story without any lyrics or any lyrics, and um, or or there was no scene, so it's all told through dance. Hmm. You know, there's there's a couple of sequences where they're huge ballets, and that's. I was able to propel the story forward by what I did. And so it changed the dynamics of the show. The story became clearer visually, conceptually. It's, uh, it's, it's quite – I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of what we've created over there. And, you know, rightly so. It's, it's like it's selling, it's selling amazing. We've talked – and mentioned Memphis a great deal during this. That's what's current. We certainly know of two upcoming projects, the Adams Family. Have you, inevitably, you've always got, you know what's coming next now in your career. How much have you started your work on Adams Family, or does that have to wait for, for Memphis to open for you to really get into it? I've I've been working on Adam's Family for a year. La- wow. a, a year ago, June, I had a, a, a two week workshop, dance workshop, mm-hmm. where I I created a um, a tango and then I created another sequence. So I've been pretty much you know sporadically working on the show. So you know I, the, the 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 trick to for me to be able to be able to multitask on the things about preparation and about to. Being able to invest periods of time on on the things that I'm going to do, I don't like to walk into a room unprepared. Mm-hmm. So I did that workshop. Then I did an, we did another uh, movement workshop in October, uh, and then I just did a big one in June for three and a half weeks, where I stood where I was in a studio and I created all the dances. So I'm walking in very confident about what it is that I'm going to do in the show. Huh. So so even as you're in the middle of of Memphis, you've already got Adam's family. Plot it out. It's you know it's a plan. It's a blueprint. It's it's a it's a map. You know, and it's of course it'll 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 change and it'll mold and it'll become its own thing once I have the cast and once I have Nathan and BB and and I have a great a great team. I have my my great directors, uh, Phelan and uh, Phelan McDermott and, and Julian Crouch and and and, and Rick Allison, Marshall Brickman and and Andrew Lippa. So you know with their their their. Uh, genius you know i'll be able to you know create some some interesting dances and you have already made plans to make your directing choreographing debut with havana mm-hmm, yes new frank wildhorn musical when is that going to be happening well we're slated to happen next next uh summer mm-hmm. um and i've been working on that as well yeah uh, i've done two workshops of it i did a a, a movement workshop this this past june and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You said earlier in this interview that 
you like to focus on one thing at a time. And so you did your dancing and then you moved to choreography. We now see this hyphenated title coming at us. Does this mean that one day soon you will cease to be a choreographer and only be a director? I don't I don't know. You know, I can't plan that. I, I enjoy certain collaborations. I guess it's about who who I end up working with. You know, I, I love choreographing. I love dancing. I love being in a room with a group of dancers. I've also, I can't deny that I've, I've enjoyed having full control of the room, you know, where I don't have to answer to anyone. I mean, that's been actually, it's been great to collaborate with Frank and Nilo Cruz and Jack Murphy on Havana. And, you know, I can't, I don't have a mirror ball. I, I just, I, I don't have, I don't have the answers. I'll just allow, you know, I, I think it's just part of, of, of my journey and, and how my career evolves. Well, right now your career is wrapped up in Memphis and I appreciate your taking the time from from what is the busiest period of any show to talk with us on Downstage Center. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really, really excited and, and, and look forward to having audiences come and, and, and watch Memphis because uh, I think we have something really, really special. Thank you. Thank you. Our engineer for this Downstage Center program is Chad Bernhard. Our director of web development is Rob Perry, and our producer is Gail Yankosik. Downstage Center is recorded in the CUNY TV radio studio at the City University of New York's Graduate School of Journalism in Manhattan. Along with this program, all of the educational and media work of the American Theatre Wing is available online, on demand, for free, from americantheaterwing.org. You can follow ATW on Twitter at... The Wing, and follow me as well on Twitter at H.E. Sherman. If you're a regular listener to or viewer of Wing programs, we hope you'll consider giving us financial support to sustain our work. Just visit the website and click on Support ATW. For Downstage Center and the American Theatre Wing, I'm Howard Sherman. Thanks for listening, and no matter where you live, I hope we'll see you at the theatre.